Alright, here we go everyone, it's episode 47 of Beers in the Lot. On this episode we were talking about the Tampa and Montreal series in the final. We got into a little discourse about officiating. And we also talked about the Seattle Kraken and a couple rumors about contracts for the Caps. So let's get to it, here we go. Gratuitous poor cam over here. What are you drinking tonight, Daniel? It was hot as shit out today. <laughs> and I was like... As you're wearing a hoodie. I was like, uh, yeah, well, it's in my basement. You know, I got that shit cranked. <laughs> I decided I wanted a Hefeweizen tonight. So okay. I went out to the beer store. I got 1623 Brewing Company Hefeweizen. They're from uh, Eldersburg, Maryland. And I couldn't wait. I had one before the pod, and uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> Definitely recommend it. What are you drinking over there, John? So I have a Tropic Cream, which is a sour ale brewed with pineapple and vanilla. And it is brewed from True Respite Brewing Company out of Deerwood, Maryland. So sour kick continues and summer theme. It's like kind of a hippie looking can. I'm all about it. What about you, Riggs? Is it as good as it sounds? Yeah, it's pretty good so far. So, following the tropical theme, I have from Flying Dog, Tropical Bitch, which is the pineapple lava tangerine version of Raging Bitch. So, yeah. Damn it. That's back? Oh, I gotta get some. (laughs) It's been back for a little bit. I've actually had this, these couple in the fridge for a little while. I just started drinking them this weekend. So, yeah. Good special stuff. occasion right yeah yeah and last but not least what do you have a ron well in keeping with the tropical theme i have a beer straight out of the rockies a coors light <laughs> john denver was full of shit but the mountains are blue, that's all you need to know <laughs> Just go get some pineapple and start eating it while you're drinking it. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. I've seen people they'll like uh, they'll take lime or lemon slices and drop them into Coors Lights. I've seen that before. Huh. So it could be why tropical. not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so Tampa didn't sweep. Unreal. <laughs> it kinda... <laughs> I got the feeling after the first, it was just going to head that way. Like somehow you just got this vibe Mm -hmm. that Montreal was going to do something to pull it out. And they did. Yep. And they did. (laughs) Big performance from Josh Anderson to keep him in that series. That's for sure. Great game for him. Uh, Did you guys see the clip of, uh, there was a guy getting interviewed outside the bell center and he was saying, yeah, I think I called it before the game. I said Josh Anderson's going to get two. This was like a few seconds before he got his, his overtime winner. And he said, oh, I said Josh Anderson's going to get two, so I think he's going to get the winner. And then, like, the crowd erupts behind him, and he turns around. He's like, oh, it's all going nuts. It's pretty cool, actually. Awesome. I wonder, I wonder how many Molsons he had. Well, there was, I, I saw some stuff. It's kind of funny, like, on Penguin Twitter, like, someone was saying something like the penguins need a guy like Josh Anderson. And someone was like, 
Yeah, Getzel is totally replaceable. I'm like, Getzel had like 40-some points in the regular season, and Josh Anderson had like 16, something like that. And even in the playoffs, I don't think Anderson, he's lighting the world on fire. It's really Suzuki. I mean, and Cole, for the most part. They're not. Cole also played a part in that overtime winner. Yeah, he's been a factor. They're winning games because they're not losing them, basically. like. (laughs) <laughs> when they yeah. w- right like Carey Price had a bad game in game three but then he turned it around in game four was all world again Vas- Vasilevsky let in like a stinker from the blue line on on one occasion in game four like that ramen off it's just, goal, yeah yeah I mean that that can't go in like come on man I don't care about yeah, traffic and all that stuff like yeah come on it's he that can't go in so, like, well, they pointed out on the broadcast too that that Stamkos and Point were the puck went between the two of them. I think it was Point it went between Stamkos and somebody else. I think it was Point. But on the other end, they were showing how Habs were laying down in front of shots to block it. But then, yeah, Stamkos had plenty of opportunity to do that for the Romanov shot and didn't. And maybe it's the uh, hey, we've got the series locked up. We don't need to be. Uh, we don't need to be that aggressive a shot blocking. Who knows? But yeah, that shot, it made it straight through. Like, Vassy should have had it. Yeah, that, that can't go in, man. So, like, the yeah. way I look at it is, is Montreal doesn't, you know, especially right now down 3-1, like, they didn't, they didn't win that game as much as they didn't lose it. And, yeah. you know. The only thing, too, that was kind of exciting was that four-minute power play. At the very end with Shea Weber. I mean, it, it's unfortunate. It's a high stick. Yeah. I mean, but like that, unfortunately, that's like one of the two calls you're probably going to get in like an overtime or super late, where if you slash and break a stick or you high stick somebody and also cut his face, those are the, like the two penalties you're and delay a game. Yep. You're, you're going to get those called because they're obvious and they, they shut the door and yeah. all throughout the playoffs, Montreal's power play or penalty kill, sorry was has been lights out and then tampa i said in our group text like tampa's power play has been their bread and butter so let's see who's gonna you know at least to start overtime who who's gonna assert their will if you will <laughs> but yeah yeah <laughs> and that tampa power play too looked horrible yeah it was not good it was definitely was not. didn't look like the the power play that they were talking up as being one of the best but the stat that they, they dumped on the broadcast was that the Montreal penalty kill is the best penalty kill since the 2010 Kings or something like that. Like, I believe there it. hasn't been a penalty kill in the playoffs as good as that yet. Yeah. Or since. Yeah. Like, just unreal good. I think, like, when I'm watching them, and this is just anecdotal, right? I don't look at any film over and over again. It's just what I remember from watching the game. <laughs> and... On their power play chances last game, they weren't, there wasn't a lot of movement of players and the puck. Like they were moving the puck around, but players weren't doing switches on the wall and doing high low switches when they would get the puck down low. Like they weren't doing a lot of that stuff that they normally do. They weren't skating a lot. They were, they had the puck and they were moving it around, it seemed like, but they just, they weren't, you know. They say it on TV all the time. They weren't dynamic. I hate that phrase, but like they, (laughs) 
They weren't, you know, they, yeah. they they had the puck moving. They didn't have the people moving at the same time. And I think when you're static like that, a really good defensive team like Montreal with a really good goaltender, you know, they it, it makes it easy for them. Well, especially the guys Montreal has out too on their penalty kill. They have like Byron and Weber and Petrie and Edmondson. All those guys can make something happen and they're smart players. Like we we kind of harass like a lot of the Montreal guys because they're not scoring goals, but they do stop a ton of chances and prevent a lot of the easy stuff. And then when there is a breakdown, Carey Price is there. So you you are going to have to move around. I think that's what Vegas kind of had to some extent. Their power play got super stale very fast against that team, and I would say Toronto too to some extent. I mean, in the first round, they they got really cold on the power play, and also Montreal tries not to give you a ton. And Montreal can burn you on shorties too. Like they they're really good at capitalizing on shorthanded chances. So it's like a men's league power rare. play. I mean, power kill. It's yeah, a power it's kill. When you have, <laughs> yeah, it's better when you have four guys on the ice. So, John, you kind of talked a little bit about, you know, officiating in the playoffs and how, <laughs> you know, maybe when it gets into later stages of games and OT, like, you know that a high stick or a high stick that causes an injury is going to get called or delay a game because it's very clear and cut and dry. Uh, but there's been a lot of, like, uh, complaining about, officiating standards throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. And in another professional sports league. Oh no. <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> I know exactly where you're going. We're going I, there. I, sent, uh, I sent this on our group text. Are you gonna get yeah, us started let's again? Go. go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I'm I'm, I'm definitely sparking this one. Yeah. So in the NBA, I think it's uh who is it? Is it Houston, it was Houston, Houston Rockets? Rockets. It was the Houston Rockets. So apparently, uh, and I'm using, I'm using air quotes. They audited, <laughs> <laughs> they audited, uh, I don't know, so many. The 2018 uh, calls, playoffs. Right. So, or so, so many calls that went against them or something. I forget what the story was. John sent it, but they're basically saying that uh the league gave the series to the warriors to golden state i don't remember what the other team yes. was but basically gave them the series because they missed 81 calls that they found out through this <laughs> again air quotes <laughs> audit that they yeah, did and it. so <laughs> so and so i read i read a little more yeah i read a little more of it it was an article from Zach Lowe and Rachel Nichols on ESPN.com. So apparently the Rockets went back to 2018, mind you. So it's not spilled milk or anything. Um, and they, they were talking about the words. So out of the 81 potential calls they could have called, they missed, they tabulated it 18.6 points, which would have been the difference in the game or whatever. And then I, I'm not going to cruise to find like the total you know, deficit they lost by because they clearly lost, so it doesn't matter. But oh my god, talk about some baby stuff! Like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> uh, that's seriously. This is like if if someone brought up in the Leafs organization the Gretzky high stick against Doug Gilmore. 
I was like, oh, well, Gretzky needs to be kicked out because he drew blood. <laughs> and we Gilmore would have been fine. And we would have scored and it would have been over. And that would have been Montreal and Toronto in the cup final. Like, no, like, <laughs> stop. I, I'm willing to bet I'm half tempted to go back and look how many air balls were in that game from Ouston too, and find out the total number of points on that. <laughs> like, that is just, right? Is that petty? Is it just me thinking this? Like you're gonna go back and audit the like, Oh, that's terrible. That's a complete <laughs> joke. Like who's that been sitting so there bad. stewing for like three years and was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna audit this. You know what? The only thing <laughs> I'm gonna see is how many fouls were missed. It could have been it could have been someone <laughs> they're gonna the hear about thing, this. The only thing I could think of, it could have been like some, gonna hear about this. some advanced, yeah, maybe some advanced stack guy in Houston's organization. During the pandemic, they're like, you guys need to find projects to keep your paychecks going. He's like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and look at blown opportunities because we can quantify those. It's like, oh, uncle, I just and I'm not an NBA fan. I just I'm not a. I mean, I played hockey and soccer. I'm not a basketball guy. Clearly, I'm also five one. You think I'm stepping on on the court? But like, if this doesn't make me, if this doesn't like hearing this, subtract the fact that I like, I respect those guys as athletes. They're they're gifted. They're talented. I do like in the summer Olympics, we go and just run train on everyone in the, in the Olympic school. We get gold medals. It's awesome. But but the fact that like there there's an organization that's like it's one thing if it was someone who's an independent advanced stack guy who wanted to go back and quantify this or like even someone who's affiliated like even if it was an internal report let's say within like the nba for their own referees like hey like we need to tighten up this and that during the playoffs or even regular season but someone within their own organization like sent this audit which is even more hilarious that they use the word audit <laughs> is submitting this to the nba like are you kidding me like what is the world so, coming to? So we oh. know that we know that multiple teams and multiple NHL coaches have publicly complained about Stanley Cup playoff officiating this this playoffs. Now that that Houston Rockets report comes out and the NBA report comes out, oh. do you think that any NHL clubs or even the league itself might go back and look at and, and do an audit. John Tortorella will. <laughs> well, he's, out, he's out of a job, so he's got time right now, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Aww. Aww. Well, so, all right. So, first of all, I just want to say it's been a very tough year for NHL officiating. I'm talking about the Tim Peel incident. <laughs> obviously that's like oh, yeah. number one because that happened super early in the season right like that was like week two or three in the nhl season something like that it was early and yeah. then you had somewhat i think i think the fact that people criticize the nfl or the nhl actually all officials to some extent granted there are blown calls in all sports like mlb nfl nba mls european soccer it, it happens all throughout the world it's the way it works and it's at all levels it's men's league it's youth leagues name it it happens 
But if you start going back and just like nitpicking little random events, it, it just it gets too crazy. And it and especially NHL where like so if you're gonna say like oh this is actually a tripping penalty by definition because you called it earlier in the game same thing yada yada how can you go back and even say a team's going to score on a power play who's even going to say the other team didn't get a shorty on you during that power play you can't you can't like really kind of bring that set up now nba to some extent because you can do averages of free throws and whatnot like there's a percentage i'm sure you can kind of calculate but still like how, how do you even that's a that's a dangerous yeah, a totally free chance thing. on the on the basket and some guys are like 10%. I know. It's Pandora's box. That's a dangerous thing to start going down the road in in any any sport, right? I mean, you just said like there's no guarantee that you're going to score on a power play. You know, I, I in some cases you might be even less <laughs> less you might have less probability depending on, you know, if you're yeah, if we, your power plays any good or ago. not, like in men's right? league, <laughs> yeah. If we get a penalty in men's league, then it's the power kill. Like yeah. you're, <laughs> you have an advantage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We want the four skaters on the ice. Mm-hmm. We decline the penalty. Right. Let them have five. We'll take the four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. and then, and then the other thing too with it, it it's like. You know, I, I respect a lot of the stuff the NBA does because they kind of let their players have a voice. They kind of let them have a lot of decisions and how the leagues ran. And the players in that league have a ton of power, a lot like MLB. NHL, it's a little different. But, like, after this, I mean, wow. Like, babies. That's what it is. It's babies. Yeah. I think it's I just it's just an absolute farce that they allowed this to be public. Like you said, if this was done internally, if this yeah. was a team bringing some data to the NBA and saying, hey, we noticed this, this is kind of a big deal to us. Can we look at this? That This should not be a public thing. This is an organization just openly complaining about something that happened three, about them losing three years ago. Like that's, come on. Well, and I'll, and I'll take it, and I'll take it kind of one step further now that sports gambling is legal in more and more states every year. How do you, if you're the NBA, how are you trying to go out and get new sponsors for sports betting in certain cities or states or getting partnerships when, uh, you know, a, a betting, you know, a casino or a app, you know, affiliation or something can literally go, oh, well, we can quantify the fact that your officials blow, you know, 20% of the games a year uh, on a deficit of 12.7 points, you know, something like that, where you have a tangible number. It, like how do you how do you as a league then negotiate? Do you go to completely video review? Do you take the human element out? I mean, and that's the whole winner robo umpires thing yeah. coming to baseball question. You know, like it's it's all of that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, you, Jesus, they already yeah. uh, they already have like the track man and all that stuff that, and the pick the pitch pitch tracks or yep. whatever it was called back in the day that. It mm-hmm. it has all the telemetry on where that ball is crossing the, the plate, yeah. right? Like, and uh, the NHL has been experimenting with yeah. chips and pucks that tracks uh, puck movement and all that kind of stuff. But and supposedly they could tell if it was in the net or not, you know, fully and that kind of thing. Like, there's already some of that going on, but there's still all these there's still all these rules like. We already brought up stick infractions, right? Somebody has to see that, like, 
somebody has right. to see the stick physically come to an area that's illegal and that action take place. Right. And then, and then make the decision, is that a call or not? And there's all kinds of stuff that goes into that, right? Like depending on game situation, score situation, <laughs> you know, is it yep. OT and playoffs? I like the, the meme you sit to our thing. <laughs> oh yeah the, the meme with the books it's like the rule book in the regular season and it's this massive novel with a million pages yeah and then in the playoffs it's like a small little binder yeah. and then in ot it's just a single page yeah right Those are the no rules. no it's it's true <laughs> yeah. it's it's definitely true like you, you don't want to be calling that ticky tacky stuff when it's back and forth the game is like flowing there's that human element to it where you don't want to be blowing the whistle every like, you know, two minutes, like let the guys get chippy a little bit. This guy, you know, takes a little stick. That guy takes a little stick. Yeah, whatever. Let them go. They're good. If it doesn't affect the outcome of the game, then is it really exactly. a penalty? I, like I think the gray yeah, area is really showing the playoffs. I think it actually helps the game. Yeah. In some and, ways. And it's <laughs> more exciting. I mean, it's more yeah, exciting. It's like let them, let them go back and forth. And the, the language that the league has always used, and, and not even just the NHL, like at, at all levels of hockey, the language that always, that's always used is that the on-ice officials should be like facilitating the game more than they're calling it, right? They should be helping move it along, making sure that there is some sort of fair standard on ice, right? And that things that are happening aren't negatively impacting one team more than the other. Right. And, and, and I, I, I'm fine with all that. I think that's good. I think what ends up happening now is you have this situation like over in the NBA where, where people are starting to, like John mentioned, look at it more analytically and trying to put real hard data against the calls and their potential impact on games. And that, could be dangerous because now what we're saying is we don't accept the human element anymore right like going back to the robo umpire thing we don't accept the human element anymore we don't accept that this official might call a situation one way and this one might call it a different way still it's still a fair game it's just that's the way it went and one team might think it's you know worse than the other or, or whatever uh, but it, I think that's dangerous. I think we all, all of us that are participating in the, in the games and the sports, like we still need to operate under that trust that there is a human element to it. And that's the way things are going to be. Things are going to seem unfair sometimes. And that's, that's not what is actually happening. It's just mistakes are made sometimes or a guy's view is obstructed and he couldn't see the stick hit the guy in the chin. You know, there's all Locking kinds of fast, stuff that yeah. can go on. Right. Like there's yeah. all this stuff that can go on. So, you know, it, we just have to accept the human element and move on. Yep. Right. And I actually think that when NHL coaches and orgs are, are complaining about missed calls or whatever for the playoffs, I don't think that they actually... Like, of course, they don't actually expect that any call is going to be reversed or anything of like that. And you couldn't even do that in the game. But they want to bring they want to call attention to it that they don't think that they're getting calls the same as other teams. So they want it to change going forward. 
Right. Whereas right. this the, this Rockets org is just they're just bitching. They're just <laughs> like, right. yeah. That, yeah. yeah. There is <laughs> there yeah. is uh, no like what do they possibly expect is going to come from this? Like the only thing that they could possibly expect is this discourse, this discussion, like Eric saying, is that we're not accepting the human element that played a part in the result of that game. That's basically a all 2018 it is. championship, Aaron. <laughs> well, that's what they want. <laughs> Why didn't they talk about it in 2018? <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't have you. Jonah Hill come in the books. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Moneyball. Moneyball. Him, him and Brad Pitt. And Brad yeah, yeah. Moneyball. <laughs> How can you not be romantic about missed calls in basketball? Right? <laughs> but but the other thing, so like I remember I remember very vividly, and I don't remember the exact verbiage, but Barry Trotz called attention to the fact that Bergeron, a league vet, was somehow cheating a little bit on his face-offs against Barzal and I forget who the other center he was talking about. And he just said, we have very wonderful officials in our, in our league. And I'm sure they're very well aware of the issue, blah, blah, blah. Essentially kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of exactly. Danny just did it, but in a very polite way of uh, stroking their ego to make sure that they're, you know, they're not only going to look for it, but kind of key in on it a little bit versus Bruce Cassidy in the round one, he came out or round two, I think he just came out and just like bashed the officials completely. He got like a massive fine because of it too. Barry Trotz was complimentary <laughs> and didn't get a fine at all. But I, I mean, I can't think outside of like how, how many refs do you ever see like getting yelled at by like team team officials? Just uh, the one where what's his face yelled, go have another donut, right? That's the only one I can think of. <laughs> Koharski. Sean you know Koharski. Koharski. Koharski, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Koharski. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. That's it. That's it. Go have another donut. <laughs> I just that's the only time I ever remember a like a something like that. I know it happens way more well, in LLB because those guys yeah, are a little No man, it happens more all the time. Animated no, with the umpires. All- well, the coaches yell at them all the time. Right, yeah. it happens all the time on the ice. Like, yeah, exactly. You just don't hear it, but you could see they're it. Trying to get like, that next call, you could see it on when you're watching the TV broadcast. Oh yeah, they're constantly. But there's also a certain amount of just like constant communication too, which is something that I'm always big on. Is like everybody that's involved, you know, players, coaches, officials, like everybody needs to be communicating with each other, whether it's positive or negative to manage the game and keep it moving and like let's make sure everybody understands what we're doing here and and all that kind of stuff so that that's always for me the most important piece is you know if if a coach or player has a has a concern that they're gonna express however they're gonna express it sometimes it's really negative like they should be able to do that and then the officials would just be like, this is what I, you know, this is what I saw. This is what I called. That's it. Like you said your piece. I said my piece. We're moving on here. We're, we're playing the game now. Like it should just be this constant flow of commu- communication like that. And maybe like, you know, if it, maybe they say like, I didn't see it, you know, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen, but I didn't see it. You know, I, I think that happens a lot too. The one thing too with the whole Rockets thing going through the article, 
the one statement at the very end that is like the most glaring and I kind of like respect the NHL because the NHL puts the most experienced guys with the most proven tracker and in terms of accuracy, game management, all that usually in their playoff formats. Those, those are the guys who consistently move on and they regrade you every round. They don't, you know, you don't get a free pass. So it says the reason we are in this situation, the memo says is the efforts made to improve the referees have been too slow. I, I don't I can't speak to that. Obviously, I'm not an NBA guy. Uh, not extensive enough and have been held back by entrenched referees who are resisting reform. That's every sport. That's not basketball <laughs> like specific, I'm sure. Uh, the Rockets recommended that referee assignments in the postseason should be determined exclusively by call accuracy without regard to experience level. Now, I do agree with the last statement. However, if the NBA is not doing that already, shame on them. And shame on the owners and players for not doing something. They got to do memos three years after the fact that they're losing championships <laughs> and playoff games. Right. I mean, so like, yeah, you want your best it, referees it in the be playoffs. Yeah, done obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care that much about it, other than I just think they're babies. I just laugh about it. <laughs> also, the Rockets organization, I don't follow them, but I know they had like some superstars and Harden's now. Where's he now? He's one of the New York teams. Like, so maybe that's part of it. Like just total spilled milk. I don't know. I know. I know. I like the pictures. He was all fat when he was in Houston and he got to New York and like two days later, he's slim and trim. Like, shooting around, he just gained all that weight just for training camp in Houston. <laughs> He went on the Kenny Powers diet. All right, finish up. <laughs> finish up with this NBA talk. I'm gonna go get another beer. <laughs> it's done. It's done. Fucking jokers. <laughs> I want to go back and look at how many missed travels were in that game. Yeah, travel is apparently one that gets missed think- all the time. Like, I don't keep up and watch the sport or anything, but man, I've seen videos of missed travel calls, and they are insane. Guys just walking down the you court. You ever see LeBron James? He's a running back. LeBron James <laughs> is a running back. Yep. Anyone see any good movies lately? No. <laughs> saw Boss Baby too. So no. I saw Jaws the other week. <laughs> yeah, I saw Jaws. Yeah. You guys see the shit about uh, Kraken hired two coaches, two assistant coaches. So they got. So they got Dave Haxel as a long track record of working in a developmental process when he was with North Dakota. They got Jay Leach and Paul McFarlane worked with OHL teams and AHL teams. Predominantly, all those roles are developmental. I think they're going to go super young and try and, at least from everything that's coming out report-wise, they're going to try and go super young and develop the team. So. Not like Vegas did, where Vegas tried to a Vegas tried to be a little more competitive off the hop, but also Vegas was able to kind of find gems, if you will, in organizations that other teams undervalued. And also, I think Vegas caught a lot of teams sleeping, where they were like, "If you want us to take this guy, we want so and so in a pick." They were able to fleece a few teams. Florida being one of them, they got Marcia So and Riley Smith. But I think Seattle too, by going younger you know, more, if you will, unproven talent, that's going to maintain cap flexibility for them for a few years. You kind of look at Vegas. I mean, they're not in a world of hurt, but 
Vegas is going to have to do some gymnastics this off season and kind of figure out what's going to happen because they're exempt from the, the, uh, uh, what are we calling it? Expansion draft, which expansion I'm draft. sure they're kind of bent about at which this is, point. Yeah. Expand. Yeah. Which is when, uh, so I believe that's in like, uh, 15 days. I think actually like July's mid, I want to say like in the next two weeks, teams have to submit a list of protected and non-protected. And I think the deadline for team for players waiving their no move to be on that list is very fast approaching. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to see like what teams kind of mm-hmm. put guys up for grabs. Um, especially cause there's a lot of guys that do have either partial or, you know, full no move. You would think at some point those go off the table, but, they kind of don't. That's also the talk around Ovechkin right now, because he's technically an unrestricted free agent. The you know they've kind of said it a few times that he'll probably resign after the expansion draft, just so the Caps don't take up a roster spot. So yeah, they can keep Oshie that way if they want to keep him, though. Why wouldn't you? I don't know. He's a great Maybe American they... hockey player. <laughs> he is a great he's American. Hockey one player. of their most consistent players. Uh, that that's yeah. that's the prevailing. I mean, I think one rumor is that I don't think he wants to go anywhere. They'll yeah. let they'll let Ovi go unrestricted, and then he won't sign anywhere. And then, like, yeah, you know, the day after, they already have the contract written up. All he needs is signatures. It's in a drawer. Yeah, yeah it's sitting. He's in not the drawer. going anywhere. He just needs to sign it. Though, I yeah. think uh, if I had to guess, I think Tyler Johnson from Tampa. I see him. They're gonna put him up in the expansion draft. He's he played his junior hockey in Seattle. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes there. Plus, also he's had a really good finals. I mean, he's had kind of a diminished role the last couple of years because Tampa's so deep in general. So a guy like him could be pretty valuable. A little undersized, but I mean, it's today's NHL. You you need guys like that because I do think they want to keep Point, Killorn, Palat. You know, they, they want to keep those guys, too. So, goalies, totally unsure on goalies. Marc-Andre Fleury may be available. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> the expansion goalie. That was my thinking last year when I made that Vegas bet. I was like, yeah, Flower will be gone. We'll totally be fine. Leonard's going to ride the crease. And Leonard, unfortunately, was hurt half the year. So, is there a player, like, you guys want to see in Seattle, though? Is there anyone like you would go like, yes, has to play in Seattle? No. No. I can't think of any off the top of my head. No. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're the Caps, you probably want Kuznetsov gone. Maybe do something there to get him Seattle to take him, you think? <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be able to get away that easy on that contract. That that contract, like, uh, you'd have to package someone else or something with him in order for someone to take that contract off your hands. So, you know, you'd, you'd be giving up a prospect or some sort of pick or it'd be a package deal of, of current NHL players with him. So that it's, yeah, they could unprotect them. <laughs> Seattle's not going to take them because they're not going to take that contract right off the bat. I wouldn't think he's a, he's a deal sour like Jack Johnson. Like you wouldn't be able to get rid of a guy with right. a contract like that, like just can't. Right, too rich. You'd have to take the loss. Well, I mean, but I don't, but I don't see the caps like 
I mean, he was scratched. There's a lot of rumors. So why? I mean, there why are, did they even want him? There are a lot of rumors floating around right now that they've got deals in the works for him. And, you know, the old saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. So the more that that's going on, the more that certain media types like Friedman and Cervelli and these, these guys are saying, hey, we're hearing more and more about Kuzi. I expect that he'll get dealt. But it's going to come at a cost to Washington. Like they'll be on the, they'll be on the sort of other side of that deal, right? Just to get rid of him and that contract, because you got to move that money, you got to move that term, and you got to move that reputation. So that's tough. But you're probably better off. Do you think maybe he just bag it all? Do you think he'd bag it all and go like, "I'm going back to the KHL"? I don't think so. I don't think so. As much money as he's making, hmm. be hard for him to say I'm out. Yeah, and I, I just don't. He's not like some of the other Russians where they they say like I'm going to finish my career in Russia. Ovechkin said it. Oh no, Backstrom said it. Well, yeah, it's true. Sweden the other day, but I think Ovechkin said it before. Like he's going to go back and finish up with Dynamo. You know, Backstrom actually said it the other day. Like after his extensions done he's going to go back and play in sweden and then retire there so so that's that's another thing where like okay backstrom signed and then uh you know okay ovechkin's gonna sign they'll finish at the same time and then they'll both you know head back overseas so you know that's the stuff that's going (laughs) on well i think those guys that'll be like that'll kind of be like that yarmer yager thing i'll play one i'll play one year and like the Czech you know, division one league just to kind of, well, Ovechkin could probably play a few years. Backstrom just kind of, he's very quiet. He kind of seen, and all those Swedish guys, they like kind of just not vanishing, Dude. but you know, they kind of like flying under the radar. Backstrom, they like going back and Backstrom started this like investment financial company in Sweden. Yeah. I forget what it's called. I was just reading about this the other day. I saw it. I was, I think it was on Twitter or something. Somebody mentioned it or somebody wrote something about it, but like he was talking about his future and you know, that's where he mentions about when my, when this extension's done, I'm, I'm going to Sweden and I'm going to retire there. And then this thing says that he started like some sort of like investment firm or something in Sweden. I don't know how it works over there, but um yeah so he's already Called prestige worldwide yeah <laughs> <laughs> worldwide 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 yeah <laughs> investors you you <laughs> question mark? yeah i know that would be great oh. <laughs> he's on a boat <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but I, he sits everyone down at his final dinner at Chili's. It's <laughs> a PowerPoint. <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, we say it every week, but one day you'll hear it and you'll do it. Join us on Discord at beersinthelot.com/discord. I promise it's not just for Fortnite players. Download the app on your phone and then hit beersinalot.com slash discord and you can jump in and enjoy the conversation. We're bantering in there all the time and if you want more memes and stuff, then that's the place. 
Okay, okay. Have a good one, everybody. We'll catch you next episode. Thanks again for listening.